Good evening. Good to see y'all here. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, I encourage you to turn to the book of Proverbs, the 14th chapter. Put you a bookmark there, and then go to Judges 21. Because Judges 21 is where we're going to start. Go to Proverbs 14, put you a bookmark, and then go to Judges 21. And we'll begin reading here in a little while. Now, in the Old Testament book of Judges is a book about a lack of emotion. It is a book about lack of faith. About a time when the chosen people of God turned away from Him and did what was right in their own eyes. From the time the people of Israel knew and followed God, until the falling away of their faith took a mere couple of generations. Wow. That, that is amazing to me. After Joshua, of course Joshua was a great and, and mighty servant of the Lord, died, and his generation along with him, the next generation did not know God. Oh, they knew of God, don't misunderstand me. They knew of God, but they did not know God. They did not know His Word. They were no longer obedient to Him. They no longer cling to His ways. So as we look at these scriptures we're going to look at today, this is a lesson in what happens not only to us as an individual, but what happens to us as a nation as we stray from being committed to not only knowing God, but following God as well. When God is no longer important to us, when, when uh, you know, God is not the very center of our lives. We're also going to see what happens when we start doing what we think is right instead of what God knows is right. So this downward spiral, this unraveling of a person or a society or a nation is absolutely jaw-dropping. So the book of Judges is very extremely overwhelming, relevant, not only for us, but for our nation today. God chose the people of Israel for a reason. He chose them to be a light to a dark world, to shine so that as they lived and they obeyed God, that they would show just who God was to a world that was mired in idolatry and spiritual darkness. The Israelites were to be the way that the whole world would come to know who God was and to worship Him. And what God told them, God promised to bless them greatly if they obeyed him, that all the world would wonder who this great God was, who this benevolent God of the Jews was. You know, and in ancient times, everyone believed in a God. But God also promised these people, the people of Israel, if they did not follow him, they turned away from him, did not obey him, 
And if they would be a bad representation of who he was to the world, that he would punish him. Not because he was mean, not because he was spiteful, but because of God's righteous judgment. The people of Israel had made a covenant with God. You remember that? God said, I will be your God and you will be my people. So they had a covenant. And a covenant is better than a promise. And they had agreed to this deal. Everything seemed to be hunky-dory. And they would come to understand that every evil act has consequences. And God had to punish them because they broke their side of the agreement. You know, God punished the Israelites as a way of waking them up so that they would turn back to Him and turn from their evil ways. And in turning back to Him, once again the Israelites would show the world who the real God is. So during the time of the judges, this stubborn nation of Israel started a very dangerous downward spiral. So let's talk about that for a little while here today. In the book of Judges, the 21st chapter, look in verse 25, the very last chapter, the very last verse in the book. Judges 21, 25. Y'all there? Amen? In those days, there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Now, we'll read that other scripture here in a few minutes. Let me visit with you today about the right to decide. You notice what it says, that they would turn away from God and do what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Now, I know it says it did what was right in their own eyes. But during this time of the judges, the people of Israel experienced trouble because everyone became his own authority and acted on his own personal opinions of what was right and what was wrong. This produced horrendous results for them. Our world is in a similar situation right now today, folks. Individuals, groups, societies have made themselves the final authority without reference to God. You know, when, when people selfishly seek their own personal desires, no matter what the cost is, everyone is going to pay the price. You know, it, it, it is an ultimate heroic thing to, to, to it's, an, it's an ultimate heroic act, if you will, to submit all of your motives, all of your desires, all of your plans to God. You know, men like Gideon and Japheth and Samson were known for their heroism in battle. But do you know what their personal lives look like? Their personal lives were absolutely a wreck. So to be truly heroic, we must go into battle each day. And I don't care if you're talking about home, if you're talking about job, school, church, society, your community, wherever, to make God's kingdom a reality. How do we do that? The weapons that we use 
are the standards, the morals, the truths, and the convictions we receive from God's Word. We will lose a battle, though, if, if, if we gather the spoils of earthly treasure and forget about seeking the treasures of heaven. Now, they would turn from God, the Bible says, and do what was right in their own eyes. Seven times in the book of Judges you find that. Seven times you find those words. The Bible says in this Old Testament book, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. We're not talking about people that chose to do wrong. They chose to do right. The Bible says they chose to do right, but what was in their own eyes, you know, they chose for themselves what was right. These were sincere people that said, I want to do right, but I get to decide what right is. That's the way they were looking at it. This is the condition our nation is in today, folks. We are in a state of unrest. We are in a state of distress. We are in a state in confusion because we as a nation have decided to do what's right in our own eyes. What is right for ourselves. What we think is right. May I say, the Word of God should decide what is right. The Bible, the King James Bible, tells us what is right. So let's walk down history's lane here for just a few minutes together. The devil came to Eve in the Garden of Eden. And what did he do? He quoted God's word to Eve. Satan said, if you will just eat of that tree, you will be as a God knowing good and evil. So what did Eve do? She said, I want to know what's good. I want to know what's right. What's so bad about that? Eve ate from that tree in the garden, didn't she? So she could decide for herself what was good and evil. I want you to hear me clearly this evening. And I hope I don't step on somebody's toes. I've kind of been holding it back for a long time and I'm going to turn some things loose today. And I'm apt to make some people mad, but that's just too bad because I'm going to preach straight from this Bible right here. I want you to hear me clearly. No one has the right to decide what is good and evil. No pastor has the right to decide what is good and evil. No church has the right. No young person has the right. No government has the right. No feminist has the right to decide what is good or evil for themselves. God is the only one that has the right to decide what is good and evil. The Bible says in this verse that we read that every man decided on doing what they thought is right. You know, and, and that, that is just, uh, un, uh, uh, just blows my mind. Because here we see in our world today, the abortionists have decided that they are doing the right thing. Planned Parenthood has decided on doing what they think is right. 
goodness gracious sakes alive, our U.S. Supreme Court has decided that they are going to do what they think is right. They are all doing what is right in their own eyes. Eve decided she was going to eat that fruit and she was going to do what she thought was right. The people in the book of Judges decided for themselves what is right. But here's the thing. They were all doing evil. God's law is right. So walk with me here this evening. The gay community has decided that their lifestyle is right. Racists has decided that their position is right. Drunkards have decided that their booze is what's right. Communists has decided that ter tyranny, tyranny, how do you say that word? Tyranny. Tyranny. tyranny is right. Catholics have decided that chanting Hail Mary and bowing to a statue is right. The Vatican has decided that it is right to confess your sins to a wicked priest that is saturated with sins himself. Only God has the right to decide what is good and evil. Only God has the right to decide what is right. Be turning to the book of uh, Proverbs, the 14th chapter, verse 12. You know, there's many sincere people that want to do right. They want to decide for themselves what is right. But I want to show you from the Bible that the consequences are deadly. Proverbs 14, verse 12. Amen? Amen. There is a way which seemeth right unto men, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You notice that? The way that seem, seemeth right. You know, that may offer many options and require a few sacrifices. You know, easy choices, however, should make us take a second look at the option. You know, is, is this solution attractive because it allows me to be lazy? Is, is it attractive because it doesn't ask me to change my lifestyle? Or because it requires no moral restraint? The right choice often requires hard work. It often requires self-sacrifice. Don't be enticed by apparent shortcuts that seem right. But what did the Bible just say in Proverbs? It ends in death. Let me tell you something. There is always going to be someone to tell you that you are doing right to do evil. That's exactly what Satan did to Eve. Exactly what he did. The devil said it was right to eat that forbidden fruit, but it was evil because God said what? Don't do it. Don't touch it. There is always someone that is going to tell you that it is right to do wrong. You know, in our society, there are so many different philosophies so many different teachings of science. You know, mankind loves to gain knowledge, just like the Greeks of Paul day. But we should not allow ourselves to become in, in, deceived by the so-called wisdom of the intellectually elite or those who are in the religious world. We learn from the, the Bible. We learn in the Scripture that the wisdom of and the knowledge of 
of, of the world can make someone proud. Believe it or not, men can get to the point where they sometimes think that they know better than God or that they know more than God. You know, if you look in the Bible in 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, verses 20 through 29, I'm not going to turn there and read them. Y'all can do that as well as I can. But you need to read those verses. 1 Corinthians 1, 20 through 29. You will see there that we need to trust in the wisdom of the Lord. Why? Because the Lord gives us so many warnings of the consequences that will come if we do certain things. But we sometimes think to ourselves that we're the exception to the rule. You know, old Ann Walker, she, she, she may not can do that, but by golly, I can't. Because I'm the preacher of the church. I can do whatever I want to. But it don't work like that, folks. Here's the thing. We need to see how truly limited we are without the Lord. God's ways and God's thoughts are so far above ours. How can we think we know what will be better for us? You know, when, when you compare the human perspective to God's perspective, divine perspective, it becomes clear that there is this huge gap between what man knows and what God knows. And with such a lack of knowledge that we have about how this old world works, why do we ever think that we know better than God? It must be clear to us today, folks, that man sure doesn't know better than God. I'm going to tell you this. You may agree with me. You may not agree with me. We can argue after church. But I believe this is why we are in the condition we are in this nation. We, You know, God has taken this COVID-19 thing and He's just shut everything down, hasn't He? To help us see. I believe God's using it for a reason. To help us see. Not only that, but... To show us that we're not as smart as we think we are. We're not as intelligent as we think we are. You know, we can't even agree that this COVID-19 thing is a problem and that it's killing thousands and thousands of people. And I've heard all the politics the same as you have, and I said, we can argue outside after a while. And, and I know probably the numbers are being pushed, but it's still real, and people are still dying from it. Goodness gracious, we've seen business shut down. We've seen communities shut down. How many weeks did we as a church not meet because of the same thing? And if we're not careful, we're going to be right back there before very long. Why? Because people are doing what is right in their own eyes. Thank you. You know, we did social distancing. We, I'm afraid, are going to be right back there if we're not careful. But, but this is the reason I say all this, and as I said, we'll argue about this later on. You look at the situation we're in in the United States, what has happened, this is what we look like without God. This is when men think they know more than God. You see what happens? In other words, I am telling you, God has still got the capability of getting our undivided attention one way or another if we like it or not. 
you want to bow up at God, you go right ahead. But I'm not going to do that. But I will say this. I will say this about this COVID-19 thing. It has sharpened my theological understanding of good and evil, of providence and calamity, of sin and repentance, belief in Christ and grace. God's providence is perfect. Our point of view is horribly flawed because God is good, because He is just, because He is wise all the time in every circumstance, in every situation. I believe this COVID-19 for the Christian must be for our good and for God's glory. Now I'm going to tell you why I believe that. Living through this pandemic positions us as Christians to see the world from God's point of view. That's what it does. You know, it, it destroys the idol of prosperity. It breaks down the false confidence of all men. And it makes us feel unsafe in our own strength. And I'm telling you, feeling unsafe right now is pretty sensible. It's just like John Calvin writes in his commentary on Hosea 1.5. He says, there is no reason why we should feel safe when God declares himself opposed to and angry with us. You see, the idols that God is destroying are not only both nationally, but personally as well. For each one of us. In other words, I'm saying that God is pointing His finger at every one of our hearts. Is what He's doing. He's taking away our prosperity. And if that's how God shakes us from our national and personal sin, my question to you today is, are you all in? You know, living through this pandemic, it helps us give glory to God. It helps us give encourage to a world that is suffocating from panic, from frenzy, while putting its hope and trust in itself. This is what John says in, in 1 John 5, 4. Everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. COVID-19 will not overcome this world, folks. Christ will, and we will in Him. We as believers, we are in a position today where we must make a conscious decision to hear, to see, to trust God in this critical season. Why do I say that? Because the world is depending on us just like the nations were depending on the Israelites as God's chosen people to make a difference in their lives. You, as a Christian, have an opportunity to rise above and make a difference in someone's life who is cowering down because of this deal that is just withdrawn within themselves. But here's the thing. I believe that many churches, I believe many pastors, I believe many TV evangelists have stopped preaching about the season and what God is doing and we have reverted to preaching the same old messages to make somebody feel good because I'm having a bad day. We need to 
to hear the heart of God, folks. We need to continue to give the nation hope by preaching through this season. You know, I've, I've heard people that are talking about what God's getting ready to do. Well, we don't need to be talking about what getting ready, what God's getting ready to do. He's, he's not getting ready to do anything. He's already doing what He does. You know, we need to stop declaring and, 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 and decreeing this will be our financial season. We need to hear the heart of God in this pandemic. I'm talking to you this evening about the right to decide. Let's decide to hear God. Let's decide to cry out loud to God. You know, John the baptizer, did he ever change his message? No. He preached the same old message over and over and over and over. He had no new message. He did not deviate to any feel-good messages because somebody was having a bad day. You know, and I'm sure that there were times that, that he wished that he could preach about something else every now and then. But his message remained the same. It never changed. You know, the same old message drew thousands. The same old message challenged hearers to be baptized. The same old message cost him his physical life. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. You have the right to decide. Now, I want you to hear this. <clears throat> you may be completely convinced that a certain thing is right. You may believe it with all your heart sincerely, having no doubt that this thing is correct. But if what you believe is wrong, your sincerity and your certainty will not stop the consequences that the Lord says will happen. Did you hear me? Did you get that? Our opinion that the path is right does not make it right. Our sincerity in some erroneous opinion does not exempt you, me, or anybody else from the consequences. There are so many people with so many different religions that seem so sincere. They believe that they are right. But the fact that so many seem sincere in their beliefs, if they are not following Jesus the way He prescribed, sincerity ain't going to get you anywhere. Sincerity won't get your big toe into heaven. Just because we sincerely believe that something is right doesn't make it so, especially when God says no. Look at Eve and what happened to her. Now let me say this. Unequivocally, to Christians, and especially to my evangelical friends, we are not supposed to follow something standing in the place of God. 
Did you get me? Did you hear me? It would help to nod your head yes about now. God does not intend that we have a king as a religious leader, a pope, a president, an authoritarian pastor telling us what to believe. This is why our nation is in this difficult time that we're in. Jesus gave all believers direct access to God. He said that he, he who is greatest is really to be a servant. That's Jesus' words. And that was templified by the time of the judges. You know, when Jesus was walking around doing the thing that he did, his earthly ministry, he didn't set up no large, rigid system of government for his assembly, did he? He didn't establish no man as king or a pope over it. He did not give some elder the authority to lord over the assemblies. Because just in the time of the judges, God was directly everyone's king. Now Christ is to be every Christian's king, shepherd, and priest. So here's the problem. The problem is not doing what is right in your own eyes. Let's be real. You ever seen anybody doing wrong in their own eyes? I'm going to ask you that question again. Have you ever seen anybody doing wrong in their own eyes? Now let me explain what I mean. No. When we do wrong, on our own, do our own thing, we try to justify why it's right. The problem is falling away from God. That's what the problem is. If you think it is right to fall away from God, I encourage you to take a look at this world we live in. Because we are reaping what God is delivering because we have fallen away from God. We're suffering. We're in distress. I believe firmly as a nation we have fallen away from God. We are as a nation are suffering, and we are in distress. Why? Because we have fallen away from God. Because every man is doing what is right in his own eyes, and what did the Bible say that does? That leads to death. I want to quote you this scripture. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. I want you to focus in on that word, lean. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding and all your, in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. I was impressed some of y'all was quoting that. That's good. Get in your Bible and stay there. 
Simply put, we are to only trust in God and not what seems right to us. God alone is our only secure source of true prosperity and genuine health. God and God alone knows what's right to the right end. God and God alone knows what will benefit us. God and God alone knows what to free us from and what to shelter us from. It is our duty. It is for our benefit that we place our confidence wholly upon God and never trust our own judgment. Because that's when we start getting in trouble. I told you to focus on that word lean. That word lean depicts for us a picture that we should lean with the whole body on something. Like we're going to rest upon it. Like we're going to be supported by it. This is the kind of leaning that we should be doing on God in this season that we are in. Not ourselves, nor on what seems right to us, but what is right in the sight of God. Because why? God is the only one that has the right to decide. Let's pray together. Father God, we just thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace. And we call on you now in this time. Father, we just ask for your protection upon each and every one of us, Father. <coughs> Father, we ask for your guidance, your direction. We ask that through your mercy, your grace, some way, somehow, you can save this nation, Father. That you can turn us back to you. Because there's no doubt we have strayed so far from you. Father, forgive us of our sins and just open the eyes of our hearts that, so we can see clearly the paths that we need to take, the directions that we need to go to bring glory and honor and praise to you and not be trying to give ourselves a pat on the back. Father, just go with us and guide us and direct us. Help us to be ever mindful of your presence in our lives. To lean on you when we don't know what to do. Father, I just ask that you would provide us with some rain. Father, it's hot, it's dry, it's getting tough. And only you can send it, Father. And we know it's on the way. Father, we lift up this nation to you. Our leaders, Father, we just ask that you give them wisdom, that you give them knowledge. And it's very challenging, very trying time that we live in. Father, for those that we have on our sick list, we lift them up again to you, Father. We discussed the situations a while ago. You know far better than we do what they are. That that need will be met. 
Father, just keep us safe and bring us back at the next appointed hour. In your Son's name we pray. Amen.